the Atlanta Braves, a franchise with a deep history of star MLB players in every era. We all know the modern day stars who have spent plenty of time playing in the ATL. We got studs like Acuna Jr., Ozzy Albies, Austin Riley, and even though he's in La La Land now, there was also Freddie Freeman, of course. Going back a little further, you had Chipper Jones, Andrew Jones, and even David Justice. Everyone also probably doesn't have to try too hard to remember the big three of John Smoltz, Tom Glavin, and Professor Greg Maddox. Racking your brain and thinking a little deeper into those late 2000s and early 2010 seasons though, you might recall a guy who for a time looked like he may have a shot at becoming a new star for the Braves. There was a man who threw right-handed and stood at 6'1 and weighed in at 200 pounds. Success wasn't necessarily long-term for him, but for one full season in particular, he put it all together and looked like the ace of the present as well as the future. This is the story of how Jire Jurgens took the NL by storm in 2009. What's up everyone, thanks for tuning in. This is the second midweek mini episode of the MLB Hall of Pretty Good Podcast. This is the podcast where we take those pretty good MLB players from the 90s and 2000s that you may have forgotten about and once again shine the spotlight on their careers because they deserve it. These players aren't always all-stars and are never Hall of Famers, but they are without a doubt deserving of some much-needed attention as they did make it to the majors and had some pretty good success, regardless of how long it lasted. If this is your first time giving the show a chance, I just want to say thank you very much. It means a lot to me. If you're a returning listener, I'd also like to tell you thank you, as that also means a lot to me too. And if you're taking the time out of your day to talk some baseball with me, I always appreciate it. If you like what you hear, be sure to check out my previous episodes as well as look for new full-length episodes every Sunday in addition to these little mini-episodes of the week. If you're unfamiliar, during these middle-of-the-week episodes, rather than profiling and going through a player's entire career, we pick an individual season and deep dive into that instead. So without wasting any more of your time or mine, let's dig into the magical Jair Jurgen season from 2009. Going into the 2009 season, Jair Jurgens was 23 years old and heading into his third big league season. This would be his second with Atlanta after being acquired by them in October 2007 in a trade that saw Edgar Renteria be shipped out to Detroit. Now, Jurgens did pitch well for the Braves during the 08 campaign, but I'm not sure the team or any of the fans expected the exceptional season he was about to have. Jurgens got his first start of the young 2009 MLB season against the Philadelphia Phillies on April 7th. If you're anything like me, and if you're listening to this podcast, you must be. I'm sure you're curious of the lineup Jurgens was facing that day, so here's what the Phillies decided to go with. Batting leadoff at shortstop was Jimmy Rollins. Playing center field and batting second was the flying Hawaiian Shane Victorino. Batting third and playing second base was Chase Utley. Hitting in the cleanup spot and playing first base was the slugger Ryan Howard. In the five hole, you had Jason Worth in right field, followed by Raul Labanez in left. Pedro Feliz hit seventh and played the hot corner. And you had Carlos Ruiz catching and batting 8th and batting ninth and pitching because this was before the Universal DH was 46-year-old Jamie Moyer. Yes, you heard that right. He was 46. I think it's been well documented that Moyer pitched literally forever. It may have been early in the season, but Jair Jurgens was dialed in. He proceeded to carve the Phillies up, pitching 5 and 2 thirds innings of shutout baseball with 2 strikeouts, 3 walks, and 4 hits allowed. It was a fairly brilliant start to the year. The Braves' bullpen finished the game off and Jair got the W, making him 1-0 to start the year. For the month of April, Jair had five starts, one against the Phillies, two against the Nationals, one against Pittsburgh, 
and another facing off opposite the Cardinals. All in all, it was a very nice start to the season. Through that first month, Jurgens totaled 31 and one-third innings of 1.72 ERA baseball with a win-loss record of 2-2. Two and two. His best start in April of 2009 most likely came on April 22nd in a one nothing win against the Nationals where he pitched seven and two-thirds scoreless innings. The month of May saw Jurgens mostly continue his amazing season. While not quite as sharp as his April, he still proved to be very effective in most of his starts. His best start of the month was his May 19th outing against the Colorado Rockies where he went out and shoved for seven innings while giving up only one run and striking out eight. He ended the month with an ERA of 2.59. And I know wins for a starting pitcher aren't everything and aren't quite looked at as deeply as they were probably even back in 09. But during this month, Jurgens did go undefeated in starts where he got the decision. The Braves were 4-2 overall in all six of his starts during May. He did get roughed up just a little, just a touch, in his May 29th start against the Diamondbacks, where he threw five innings and gave up five runs. But the Braves did wind up winning the game 10-6. Looking at June now after May, it's a pretty interesting month for Jair Jurgens. While pitching pretty well and never giving up more than four earned runs in any single start during this month, the Braves actually lost all five games he started. This includes two one-run losses. The Braves' offense only averaged two runs per game during this stretch, so the run support just really wasn't there during June. So I can't really blame Jair Jurgens for this because he still he wasn't quite as sharp as maybe previous months, but this was not a bad month at all. He just didn't get the run support. Luckily, though, for everyone involved, in July, the team managed to get back to their winning ways with Jurgens on the mound. He went 4-1 and one this month in six starts. This got a season win-loss record to 9-7, and seven. and yes, I know, I know, I know, I've said it before, win-loss records for a starting pitcher, they don't matter as much now, but still, 9-7 and seven on the season with an ERA of 2.69, nice, and a FIP of 360, and in 5 out of 6 July starts, Jurgens threw at least 6 innings and gave up 2 runs or less. It was truly a stellar month for the at-the-time 23-year-old hurler. In August, Jair Jurgens went 1-2 and two and got roughed up a little bit in back-to-back starts against the Los Angeles Dodgers. Luckily, he finished the month strong, going seven innings and allowing only two earned runs in a start against the Phillies on the 30th. Despite his strong effort that night, the Braves did drop the game 3-2. In September, the final month of the season, Jair Jurgens did two things and two things only, eat innings and absolutely bring it on the mound. In six starts, he went 4-1, and one, and never pitched less than seven innings in a start while also never giving up more than three earned runs. Whoa. This does include one final start he made in early October to round out the season. It's really impressive to me how he consistently made starts and threw innings night after night and still had such a strong end to the season, if you ask me. The Braves finished the year with a record of 86-76, and and sadly, they missed the playoffs. Even though we didn't get to see Jair Jurgens ball out under the October sky, don't let that make you think his 09 season was anything short of spectacular. In 34 starts, which led the National League that season, Jair Jurgens threw 215 innings and went 14-10 and 10 with an ERA of 260. He struck out 152 batters while walking 75, good enough for a 2.03 strikeout-to-walk ratio. He posted a FIP of 368 and a WHIP of 1.214. These stats indicate that at times, maybe he got a little lucky, but still had a good season no matter how you slice it. He also had a 159 ERA+, plus, a stat where only 100 is league average. Jair Jurgens pitched on four days rest 22 times, 
five days of rest eight times, and six days of rest three times. Dude was ready to throw whenever he was called upon. Batters only hit 234 with a low OPS of 660 against him. Despite this undeniably great season, Jair Jurgens did not make the All-Star team and did not receive a single Cy Young vote, which is honestly a shame because this was a nice season by a young pitcher that deserves some recognition. After a bit of a rough 2010 season, Jurgens did manage to make an All-Star team in 2011, but he struggled during the second half of that year and never again reached the stats and the heights he accomplished during his 2009 run. A lot of this had to do with injuries and diminishing velocity and his stuff not being quite as sharp as it once was. Jurgens was out of the league by the age of 28 after a two-game stint with the Colorado Rockies in 2014. No matter how the rest of his career played out, it's obvious that his 2009 season was special and without a doubt deserved induction into our MLB Hall of Pretty Good. In the one in a billion chance you hear this, Jair Jurgens, I wanted you to know you will always be a friend of the show and have a big fan in everyone that listens to this podcast as well. Also, your name is impossible to say three times in a row fast. If you stuck around this long, I just want to thank you for giving the podcast a chance. Look for full episodes every Sunday as well as these many little episodes during the week. You can find us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify as well as Instagram and TikTok at MLB Hall of Good. Thanks for listening, everyone. I love looking back on these players and help to bring attention to them once again. I think we can all agree they deserve it. Bye, guys. Thanks for listening.